0: Welcome to another edition of Weber's Whipping Post, coming to you from my office in Cave Creek, Arizona. I'm Weber, and I'm delighted you have chosen to listen to my podcast. If you have questions, concerns, or a differing opinion, you can reach me at packerbacker 1957 at yahoo.com, or my website at www.weberswhippingpost.com. I'd sure love to hear from you. Hey, before I begin, this episode is brought to you by Brandon and Jeff Chero at Coors Street Ford, now celebrating their 40th year serving KKT County. Whether you're buying a new Ford, a pre-owned vehicle, or needing your vehicle serviced, the good folks at Coors Street Ford are committed to making this your place to go for your vehicle needs. Open 9 to 7, Monday through Friday, and Saturday from 9 to 5. Stop by their showroom in Bourbon, Illinois, or look them up online at www.coursestreetford.com. Order the Ford of your dreams today. It comes up in conversation with friends and colleagues, and people cannot recall America ever being so divided. The rancor is so bitter, which has not been seen in the lifetimes of people of our generation. A great deal of that bitterness is no doubt due to Trump's election. For reasons I'm unable to fathom, Trump is so divisive that there seems to be no middle ground on his likability. I also believe Obama has some culpability here with all this divisiveness, rekindling the racial strife that seemingly had been waning before he took office. But there has to be more to it than just Trump or Obama. I've been searching for an answer because, being a staunch conservative, I sometimes wonder if I'm part of the problem. My heart and religious teachings tell me there has to be common ground we can reach, which will allow us to calm down and bring people closer together. After all, we're all Americans. The problem, though, is my head and eyes tell me differently than my heart or church. There seems to be a general apathy that has settled into this country, which can't all be laid at the feet of our woefully inferior politicians. The Oxford Dictionary describes the word apathy as lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. It's observable daily. Consider the person behind the checkout counter. Rarely is that person pleased you're there, nor engaging, nor Rather, they go through the motions of checking out your purchase with all the warmth of a self-checkout kiosk. Bartenders and waitresses are usually the rare exception, but they're hustling tips. Hostesses at most restaurants act as if her personal mission is to prevent you from eating at that restaurant. So often, what was supposed to be a pleasant dining experience is sour just trying to get in the front door similarly airline attendants have all the warmth of a january day in buffalo i walked through a walmart recently having been given a honeydew list to fill from my honey i decided to walk around and check out the store and get some steps in i strolled for nearly an hour looking around in that time not one employee asked if they could help other shoppers being entered around like zombies lost in a miasma of issues shunning all human interaction. Two men actually looked away from me. Younger generations usually have earphones plugged in their ears and or are texting completely oblivious to what might be going on around them. They certainly are not interested in winning friends or influencing people, a point Dale Carnegie made millions promoting. Are you aware road rage incidents have doubled just in the past four years? People are killing or injuring other people over the use of a road. Now consider that church membership and attendance across the country have waned. This would seem counterintuitive as now more than ever this country needs God. The Oxford Dictionary also describes the word anarchy as a situation in a country in which there is no government, order, or control. Riots in major cities go unchecked unless it happens to be Nancy Pelosi's personal little fiefdom in Washington D.C. Big cities have become drug-infested jungles of riot, chaos, anarchy, and homelessness to be avoided at all costs. Beautiful cities are decaying before our eyes. Social norms have deteriorated. Anything seems to go. After decades of heartache and strife, homosexuality justly became accepted in the country but then morph hard left in the acceptance of perverts, transgenders, and drag queens that are grooming children and destroying women's athletics. The abortion issue continues to be divisive, leading to bombings and deaths over a right to murder babies with no common ground ever to be reached. Mental misfits with petty grievances target babies at schools or fellow employees at work, and all we do is argue about what should be done with the tool rather than the misfit. Every attempt at the middle ground with these issues has to be met with battle lines being drawn. Our justice system is no longer blind, having sided with big government into a two-tiered justice system. Our media has putrefied to the point where it cannot be trusted. My head tells me that at the core of the apathy and anarchy settling into our country is the extreme liberalism that is fundamentally attempting to change this nation, a nation that has long been the envy of the world. While doing so, they blame conservatism. Now, it's not time for kumbaya, as long as those who promote anarchy are turning our streets into jungles, folks. Now for this. Hey, this podcast comes to you by the fine folks at George Ryan Jr. Insurance Company. The team at Ryan's Insurance Company is ready to provide you with most any of your insurance needs today. Just call 815-936-0075 that is 815-936-0075, to talk to a friendly representative. Or you can get an online quote at www.grinsure.com. That's G-R-I-N-S-U-R-E dot com. So now it's coming to light that apparently Biden's Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was the impetus behind writing the letter in 2020 that the Hunter Biden laptop story was all Russian disinformation. This news comes from a former CIA official, Michael Morell, and reported by the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committee. The letter was then signed by 51 current and former intelligence officers. Obviously, these 51 intel officers are either traitors at worst, or ignorant dumbasses at least. In my opinion, Blinken fits in the traitor category. Representative Jim Jordan has sent letters to 12 of the officials asking for more information about the affair. This includes CIA director, the lying turncoat John Brennan, who is also knee-deep in the Trump-Russia hoax, and James Clapper, another turncoat that used to be the director of national intelligence. In a sane world, both of these clowns will be riding in prison for the hell they put Trump through. In typical Biden administration fashion, they sent out their little ignoramus, Karine Jean-Pierre, so she could flutter her eyelids and lie, deny, and generally stonewall everyone about the matter. She reminds me of Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes because she never knows anything. You might be interested to know she gets paid $180,000 per year of our tax money to lie to us. You have to wonder, though, even if they find Blinken, Winken, and Nod guilty, are they really going to do anything about it? Seems this 2 tier justice system we have in this country just tips further to the left. Trump passes gas and gets impeached, whereas the swamp monsters just go about their daily business, lying, cheating, and stealing from American citizens in their quest for power. Seems like the lowly Detroit Lions can never catch a break. Poised to be the top team in the NFC Central for the first time since forever, a betting scandal erupts, causing him to cut two players and have two other players suspended through six games next year. Mental midget Quintez Cephus, who was to be paid one million and ten thousand dollars to catch footballs in the NFL, and his dumbass cohort safety C.J. Moore, and was due to be paid eight hundred thousand dollars, got themselves kicked out of the league for betting on NFL games. Stanley Berryhill a wide receiver, and Jamison Williams, with a player suspended from the Lions. This will cost Hill about $307,000, and Williams, another wide receiver, get this, $1,553,000. That's three wide receivers off the team at once. Bet you can guess what position the Lions will be drafting in the upcoming NFL draft. This is probably great news for Quentin Johnson of TCU or Jackson smith Nigba of Ohio State, the supposed top two receivers in the draft, not because they are going to the Lions, but because for one of them, their first-round pick paychecks will be increasing considerably. Shaka Tony of the Washington Redskins was also suspended for the season, which means he will forfeit his $893,000 salary. Oh, well, boys, McDonald's is hiring. Oops, who's going to tell Vladimir Putin one of his own men bombed a Russian city by mistake? A Russian twin-engine fighter bomber dropped a bomb on the city of Belgorod, a city of 400,000 people. This city is 28 miles north of Ukraine, more than just a little off course. It caused a crater 65 foot in diameter on a major thoroughfare of the city. Several buildings were damaged and two people were hurt. That pilot has some explaining to do. So how's that vote for Brandon Johnson in Chicago looking now that it's evidently okay by him for kids to riot in the city? Johnson actually said, It is not constructive to demonize youth who have otherwise been starved of opportunities in their own communities. Keep voting for the most liberal candidate, you guys, and Illinois won't have to succeed from you, because there won't be anything left to succeed from. And now a diatribe about our media. To prepare this podcast, I often review stories on the internet from both Fox News and CNN. First one has to wade through a gazillion ads they put on the sites. I'm so jealous. Around the Friday afternoon, I sat down to write out the notes for this podcast. The headlines for Fox was, Investigation Escalates, Hunter Biden Lawyer to Meet with DOJ Officials as Federal Pro Criticism Intensifies. Then, at the exact same time, CNN's top story on their internet site is one deputy, two missing men, a Latino man and a black man, went missing three months apart in Florida. Both vanished after getting in a car driven by the same white deputy sheriff. Now, both of these stories are important, I'll give you that. But if you were running a fair and balanced news department, is it that difficult to figure out which story might be a little more important? CNN did run a piece on the Hunter Biden story down in what would be called the second section of news stories for that day. It was my understanding, after CNN fired just about everyone, they were going to change their spot a little and not lean so damn far left. It appears they still have a long, long way to go. You can always count on our mainstream propagandist media to gin up as much racial strife as they can. Even locally, I've run into issues with the Kentucky Daily Journal, where I used to have a column. Tucker Carlson had done a nice job of covering the additional video footage of the January 6th protest on his program, showing it was not the violent insurrection by the people the government and media tried to make us believe, and that there were so many more questions our government needed to answer. Of course, the mainstream propagandist media blasted Tucker, and the editor of the journal evidently felt it was his personal obligation to side with the media in his quest to give us the news. He published an AP story with a headline that called Tucker a liar. Well, the journal story upset me and some of my friends on Facebook, and they let me know they were unhappy. As a courtesy, I let the editor know he had upset some of the journal's readership. He just put it off as no big deal, and I didn't pursue it any further with them. I'll be the end of two or three days later. Said editor published a New York Times opinion piece also specifically calling Tucker a liar. The editor never told me he was going to publish that second piece, as if he had, we would have had more discussion. As we now know, much of what Tucker reported about the January 6th protest has been proven right. But there has been nothing come forth from the journal to tell anyone that. A devout journal reader might be left with a thought that Tucker and would never know any differently as far as the journal was concerned. I'd always defended the journal, telling people that it does them no good to appear too far to the left or right. They need to sell papers to both sides of the aisle. Well, I think I was wrong about that, as it is apparent they have decided they want to be a liberal news organization, just like most of the mainstream propagandists. I simply don't want my name associated with liberal ideology and media bias. I emailed the owner and the manager of the paper telling them I quit my column and thanked them for publishing my commentaries all those years. I never heard back from any of them asking why I quit. By the way, going back to the Fox headline, this guy wonders if the reason Hunter's lawyers are meeting with the DOJ officials is just to get their story straight. They probably invited CNN into their secret negotiations, like they did when they arrested Roger Stone. I certainly don't expect a Department of Injustice or Lion Merrick Garland to do anything with it. So we'll just have to wait until the middle of 2024, when either Trump or DeSantis is president. Where we live in Arizona, we had a saguaro. we called Arnold Schwarzenegger. This sucker was at least 20 foot tall, but leaned forward menacingly towards the street. It also had two massive arms, perhaps 12 foot long, that came out in front of the trunk, crossing at the ends. The damn thing struck a perfect schwarzenegger flexing muscle pose. Over the last few months, I worried Arnold might have been leaning a little more. He leaned right, of course. Now, I should point out here, I know slightly more about cacti than I do women, but I had been assured by a landscaper it would not fall or need support. Well, fast forward to where it fell last night. Arnold has gone to that great cactus farm in the sky. The arms were so muscular it caused our poor Seguro to crack and fall into the street, where a neighbor promptly complained it was in her way. Seriously, we got a complaint. I should have told her to call the Politburo at ROHOA. It Cost me two hundred bucks to get cleaned up from the street. How about we end up some good news, which I will try to do more often? There's a report that a woman texted a Bible verse to the wrong number. In 2009, Ohioan, Brenda Rivera texted a verse to her friend to cheer her up. It said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Instead of sending it to her friend, she sent it to a stranger, Isaiah Stearns. He wrote back to her and eventually she set up lunch with Isaiah and her mom to see how he checked out a rather clever idea. Mom came home and said, if Brenda didn't marry him, she would. A year later, they're married, and now 13 years later, they have six kids. Talk about divine intervention. Well, that's my story for today. I better wrap it up now. Thanks a million for listening in, folks. If you liked this episode today, please tell others about this podcast. Thanks again to Course Ford and George Ryan Jr. Insurance. So long, folks.